James Taylor was kind of the dark side of of the hippie shit early because he was just like a raging heroin addict. Oh, really? um, okay. For like most for like most of the seventies. Wow. Um. Yeah. Which like kind of makes sense that his music was so like slow and uh, <laughs> and sort of like methodical. Um. But I guess if yeah. you have ac- if you have access to heroin, yeah, right, steady access, you might just be incredibly relaxed, like a very chilled out dude. As long as you can keep it at the right level, like you you know, and and not end up ODing, you're you can you can really just be living in the mountains and shooting a horse all day. <laughs> That's great. So the other the other thing that I have been listening to that that I wanted to, to tell you about is I listened to the new Sufjan Stevens record, mm-hmm. surprisingly, and it is pretty fucking good. Like, I was not an early Sufjan fan. I remember you pretty much were. Yeah, um, yeah, I like the but, Illinois record, you know. But I've gotten into him in the last couple of years pretty heavy. And the new record, worth checking out. I love the episode of High Maintenance called Sufjan. Do you remember this one? What happens in it? It's the couples moving out to like I forget which neighborhood, but like a very like a deep Brooklyn neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and the way they keep selling it to themselves is, well, Sufjan Stevens lives here. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good shit, man. When when yeah. when that when that show's good, it's so good. It's such such a good por- portrait of uh, like bourgeoisie bohemians. Yeah, it's yeah. I watched all the webisodes and the f- first season of the HBO show. I have not watched the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like, you know. I I promise if this makes it into the episode, I'm not revealing something about uh, myself. But I find so touching that uh, that episode where uh, the dad is getting high and cross dressing while. Oh yeah, way at work, and he's just like fucking off at home. Uh, and you know they play it as if you know she she walks in on him, and they, and they play it as if, and you expect her to be surprised that he's cross dressing, but she's just like, "Oh, honey, you're are you okay? You're just getting high, and you're not productive." And it's like, "Damn, yeah. you thought she wasn't gonna know about that." Yeah, very sweet. We haven't recorded in like a week and a half, and I feel like. I've consumed a lot of random media since then. Can I can I give you my quick hits? Yeah, do it. I ask, can you really consider yourself educated if you haven't watched at least one anime all the way through? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not you sure, might. but so I haven't and I've been thinking for a while about watching something, so maybe I'll take a recommendation from you. But you were saying you should watch what I'm about to talk about, but if you watch anything, you should just watch Cowboy Bebop. That's okay. That's, that, that's what I've heard. That's easily the one you should. But uh, I've been hanging out with my little brother, and we've been watching Attack on Titan, which okay. is this grim, dark, really fashy in kind of the way that like Starship Troopers is like art mm-hmm. that a fascist society would make. Uh, it rocks. <laughs> it's it's really fun. After Brindy Jensen tweeted out an article where she wrote about it, I watched that HBO show The Vow, or at least most of it. Uh, like I already said, you know, the incentive structure for every documentary now is to go like twice as long as the series needs yeah. to be. But I, you know, 
how can you ever turn down another cult to learn about? Uh, yep. It's great shit. And personally, you know, it's like, uh, you read about people like falling under the sway of a cult. Like they have this really poignant picture of this gal who joined the group uh, after being like a, maybe not aimless, but unfulfilled like freelance filmmaker in Brooklyn in like 2015. Okay. And finally, <laughs> the last thing I saw recently uh, was off a Bakun tweet that reminded me the movie Mungo Lake exists. Have you heard of Mungo Lake? I have not. Mungo Lake. Yeah, it's it is it's one of the good one of the best footage horror movies. It got submitted okay. to some, yeah, some like and. Random like horror anthology by different independent Australian creators, and it's fucking great. It's uh, it's a faux documentary, and it's uh really a really slow burn and just like quiet and full of dread. It's great. I will check that out. We've I think we've talked on the show before that we are both uh, lovers of found footage, so oh, yeah. I will those, absolutely check that one out soon. Those are Patsy's um, quick hits. Nice. Only random piece of media I have quickly, other than the uh, two albums I talked about, are, uh, have you listened to the podcast, It Could Happen Here? No, what's that? So, it's a podcast by a journalism, blanking on his name, uh, from 2019, uh, that's like a 10-part series of his sort of future history, not in like a, like a fictional way, but of like a him telling you Here's some scenarios I can imagine um, about the possibility of the, our current political state living to leading to legitimate armed conflict and civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just I know it sounds kind of like cringe lib, but it's actually really pretty interesting. And I got to say that the first episode, and again, this is from like middle of 2019, he talks about like a potential 2020 where he's like let's say that uh there's a huge economic collapse he doesn't quite you know he obviously doesn't get covid but he gets right that we're in you know an economic downturn uh and then he's like and there are mass protests and it happens in portland and uh someone in a maga hat shoots someone and and he becomes like a meme on the alt-right of like you know representing giving the libs what they what they deserve, wow! Um, and it's like holy shit! It's like <laughs> he Port- doesn't Port- Portland matched with like Kenosha. That's that's wild. yeah. So he doesn't uh, he doesn't quite get into the Black Lives. He didn't predict that it would be like because of uprising specifically around like police violence, but he did mention that like there would be police uh, clashes and you know, people getting hit by, you know, less than lethal ammunition, so on and so forth. So it's listening to the first episode, I just decided to give it a try because I'd, I'd heard people talk about it. And like, he gets it pretty fucking on. That's um, great. Wow. I would, I would recommend giving it, a, giving it a listen. And like, I guess over the, I looked, it's all been published because it was from last year. Um, he gets into like different ways it could happen. Like, what if it comes from legitimate left wing separatism? And then he also goes into like 
you know, steps to avoid civil war and like how to maintain order as, you know, society potentially like the, the state of the United States does potentially change. Um, so I'm not sure how much it's going to lose steam, but first episode's very listenable and very eerie listening to it now. Nice. Um, uh, so, yeah. Anti- Antifa is an idea. Yeah, that ruled. I loved that yeah. fucking debate. We will talk about Lost in one second, but yeah. oh my god, just like who even told him that? <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. uh, eh, fucking incredible. Anyway, yeah, it was great. You know, it was wonderful television. Yeah, let's talk about Lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is the Lost Me podcast, which is why we're going to talk about Lost. Uh, my name is Ben. That's Spencer. I've watched the show. He has not until right now, so we're going to start talking about today's episode, which is Homecoming. Uh, second Charlie episode, what'd you think? It's a pretty good one. Entertaining entertaining enough. Uh, the ending really uh, frustrated me, uh, not from like an aesthetic reaction standpoint, but just like uh, from what happens. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, not it's not you know on on par of some of the other ones, but it is he does have some some good action and some good lines. So let's talk first, uh, just like sort of briefly do the flashback because I thought the flashback is pretty lame in this episode. Yeah, I, I guess uh, my reaction like it was a fun one. It, that's kind of to say it was not a super revelatory one. You know, we've we've been here before with Charlie in the throes of addiction. Uh, yeah, you've you've seen so much media about uh, someone's life falling apart in similar ways. So yeah, it it no, does just no feel very feels very paint by numbers. Yeah, entertaining though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Charlie's trying to scam this girl. Uh, takes a job from her rich dad, and then I do think we should talk about the scene of him trying to sell the copier. Very good physical comedy by Dominic Monaghan. It was sodding fantastic physical comedy. I think you mean. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, sure. I think they said sodding like three times in this ad between him, and the d- drug dealer. Yeah, uh, we we should talk briefly about the drug dealer because I feel like that's just like, all right. So the, the the guy, this character, he's very British and he's a scumbag, and that is it. Yeah, yeah, he's a scumbag, and he has he has has a weirdly particular idea about like what quest he can send Charlie on to. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Him back. yeah, it is a very, like, so it's a very drawn-out plan. Like, a lot of moving yeah. parts to this plan. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I have somehow heard of this uh, rich, posh lass who lives with her father. Um, yeah, we know I, exactly which bar she's at. Yeah, uh, and you get, you get that really painful, like, uh, short scene of him uh, hitting on those women. Uh, yeah, I I I like that dinner scene where she meets her. He meets uh, her father uh, for the first time. Yes, he's he's talking about you know how he used to be in a band, but then one has to provide. You know, the band yeah. was called Protestant Reformation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I always love when when in Lost they just let Charlie be out and out pathetic when they don't. <laughs> yeah. when they when they don't need to redeem him within 30 seconds or within even like three episodes, you know, uh, and him, yeah. him just like, uh, after, after the father makes it clear that it's like, 
yeah, I, I left my band because I had to grow up. Uh, and Charlie just comes out with, yeah, we're on hiatus. I haven't spoken to my brother in a year. Yep. <laughs> and then they just like go silence. Good, good stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, that was, that was a pretty fun scene. Uh, and then he brings the little... I don't. What was that thing that uh, Winston Churchill? Oh, cigarette case. I'm saying uh, on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> Winston Churchill's cigarette case. Yep, uh, full of the blood of Indian children. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you get the, you get that second scene where he he is telling his dealer he has taken the job, uh, and he's just like, "You took a sodding job." <laughs> yeah, I like her. And then the dealer just goes, she's a moose. <laughs> which, which, holy shit, I've just like, uh, man, I've, I've never heard that as an insult to, uh, to a woman's looks. A moose. Okay. Are we sure moose isn't some sort of British slang for, like, the mark? Uh, <laughs> give, me, give me two seconds to Google. and uh, Could be I like... Can... Or may... <laughs> Hold on, maybe this is like a hunting metaphor, and like she's a moose, like she's big game. For maybe the, I... <laughs> the game of keep going, keep going. The game is stealing stuff from from single gals with rich. Oh dads. no, I'll, I'll stop. I wish, I wish that were true, uh, and I, I wish that was a common enough uh, British pastime for there to be slang for it. <laughs> But I'm on BritishSlang.co.uk slash slang slash moose. And it says moose, <laughs> ugly woman or girl. Uh, All right, there you go. <laughs> it's a bummer. Uh, but yeah, he likes yeah. her. He, he, he likes, he likes her. And her. He, he, even though he grabs the case, that like moment where he, you know, having, having turned down uh, his dealer, he is two i think like two two and a half days into withdrawal he grabs the case and he has yep. that great scene uh with the trying to uh, is he trying to sell those guys a copier or just display his yeah. knowledge of i think he's i think he's trying to sell them a copier and uh just good makeup job too just making him look shittier and shittier as the scene goes on yeah yeah it's rough i uh I feel like you can't, uh, you can't have like a paper adjacent company without kind of referencing the office. Surely, sure, surely that was on someone's mind. Uh, uh, well, so did you? Did you catch the office reference? No. Was there a direct office so, reference? There was. Hold on. Let me. Let me make sure I got this right. Because uh, I'm, I'm on the. Yeah. Uh, so Lucy says that her father is off buying some paper company in Sloth. Oh shit! Okay. And the the British office takes place in Sloth. I never think of the British office first. I never saw it, but I, I've only go. seen wow, okay. I've only seen a few a few episodes. It's not all that good, if I'm being honest. Um, does not nice. hold up. Um. But yeah, to wrap up the past, you know he. Bangs on her door, confronts her, and he's like, I wanted to provide. And uh, she says, you will never be able to provide for anyone. Or paraphrase it. But, you know, pretty heavy-handed, pretty direct, like, bearing on, on what's happening in the episode, though. 
Uh, so yeah, so let's talk. Let's talk on island. Um, really nice first scene where Charlie wakes up and sees Lot carrying Claire in. Uh, I love this the whole sequence there with uh, with Claire waking up and not knowing who anybody is uh, with sort of the horror movie music. I think it's I think it's a really good opening scene. Surprised that we're going uh, amnesia this early in the plot. I usually think think of that as like. You know, that's probably season two or three of the soap, but <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Amnesia. But I, I, I did like that by the end, they like started to hint that like her memory could come back by her saying she remembers peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was a that was a sweet moment. If, you know, by the end, it didn't quite feel earned to me because <laughs> yeah. she just saw him just like gunning down <laughs> This is very who could this guy who could have provided a lot of answers. Uh, yeah, all right. on. We'll, we'll get to there. Maybe the we showrunners can... weren't ready to give us. Anyway, we'll get we'll get there. We we can uh, get there. But yeah, we we get a little Sun and Jin uh, convo with subtitles, which I don't mm-hmm. remember the last time we got one of those. Been a while, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's asking. He's kind of asking her, is she all right? It's almost as if I, I didn't really detect overtones as if he's interrogating her or suspects something. But even in the dynamic that he almost expects her to have a better grasp of exactly what's going on, uh, I d- didn't didn't rule it out that he might suspect. Uh, Fair. You know, maybe not that she knows English, but that something's up. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so then, uh, Charlie has Claire the diary and I love this sort of very stupid line of, uh, which Claire asks who Ethan is and Charlie goes, well, he's the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, buddy. I don't think that's what she means. She's like, who the fuck is this guy that stole <laughs> me? Don't talk to me like I'm in a fucking comic book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is is this the scene where she he she asks if, if they're friends, and he's just like, yes. yeah, <laughs> yes, we're friends. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's almost just like here you go, Charlie. Here here is a chance uh, to uh, you know reset this relationship that you feel like you might have fucked up a little bit. And uh, yeah, um, he blows it. <laughs> yeah, maybe not entirely, but uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, so then, then it's the next day, and everyone's meeting, having like you know the council of men. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, that's exactly what I. What I the the council of dads. Yeah, the count, the council of island dads. <laughs> the got. council of island dads. Yeah, uh, but you know they're they're talking they're talking about what to do, and uh, Charlie uh, kind of barges in and gets gets a little pissed that. Uh, I don't know. He's just kind of blowing off steam about yeah. Claire, but um, I don't know. Pissed that they are trying to make decisions without her involvement or something like that. I don't. I don't. Yeah, remember. and then he says he's gonna. He says he's gonna go talk to her. He meets up with Jin. We. I, I fucking love this scene too of the yeah. whirring sound, and then bam, Jin gets murdered. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, by murked, you don't mean murdered. I don't mean murder. No. Okay, okay, okay. Just, just wanted to make sure I didn't miss something I was, huge. Uh, I was just, I was just, I was just playing. 
but yeah, nice, uh, nice, just like stone to the chest, just like. Uh, but even even before that, it was it was kind of interesting. Uh, Charlie's kind of uh, shitting on him, like, "Oh, all you have to do is look after your wife. No one expects you to contribute to any decision making beyond that." And there's clear, there's clearly a measure of en- of envy, like he's expressing, yeah. you know, because yeah. all all he really wants is to uh, look after. Uh, Claire, and that would also solve his crisis of am I am I useful? You know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so anyway, so yeah, that that is a good a fun little scene too. So then, uh, we see Ethan bursts out, chokes Charlie out. Mopather's back. Mopather's back, baby. I love to see that mug. I love, love to see uh, like fat, sort of uh, distorted Tom Cruise coming out. Yeah, almost as if he's like take he's you remember the in minority report they have that uh injection you can take to kind of fuck up your face for an hour uh <laughs> yeah. so that the facial scanners don't get you honestly yeah you know, a bit of a sidebar i feel like that movie might be very very good not oh, sure it's a good movie yeah not sure it's no it's while. good i yeah, watched so. it i watched it like maybe six months ago it's really fucking good but yeah, kind of, kind of looks, kind of looks like that. But uh, you know, he gives looks like that. He gives uh, Charlie uh, the he kind he kind of lays out his his demands that give me Claire or uh, one person that is dying every day last. Yeah. Uh, then the island dads meet again and <laughs> uh, start to think about what they're gonna do. Uh, I kind of like. This scene is sort of like lost, like um, almost like their version of like a courtroom scene, sort of just like mm-hmm. all the all the great minds duking it out. Yeah, uh, I like it. And eventually, uh, Jack sort of listens to Locke and decides that they're just gonna set up a perimeter. And uh, I love the little scene where where uh, Locke sort of you know. Gives Boone the uh, the words of encouragement. We're counting on you, Boone. <laughs> <laughs> I think this might be the next island scene where you know we see Boone and the other dudes in that kind of Lord of the Flies mode yeah. with the torches burning at night. That yeah. was definitely yeah the, the first real instance of like Lord of the Flies vibes I got from this show. Uh, but yeah. it was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, them um, trying to uh them trying to stop Ethan, which uh how how does that sequence go again? Boone starts to nod off. Boone and starts to nod off. He, wakes up the next well, day. Real quick, let's just say that uh before all this there was the, the scene where Charlie lies to Claire and says that nothing's going on and yeah and all that, and that'll come back later. But um yeah, so then Boone nods off, wakes up, and it's light out, and he hears the alarm bags fall. I don't know if we're supposed to think that was Ethan or I not. Kind of, I, I had that impression a little bit. It was Ethan or someone or something kind of associated with him. I I almost thought that Boone kind of uh being in a different location and yelling was the false alarm and a distraction but i don't know yeah anyway so then um 
everyone sort of meets up. Vincent's there. He's looking good. Uh, and they go to the beach and they find that uh, Steve Scott, or Scott is dead. <laughs> it is Scott. Um, Scott is dead. Uh, and according to, I believe Kate says it, his neck, both arms, and all the bones in his fingers were broken. Yeah, pretty metal. Pretty metal. But, yeah, very good shit in that uh, scene where Hurley is giving the eulogy. And before that, they they keep playing on the, like, Steve or Scott forgetting his name. It's like, you know, you were a good guy. He was was just here on vacation. Sorry I kept messing up your name, dude. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Pretty fun. That's fun stuff. Um, Then after the funeral, uh, we have the scene where Claire finds out from Shannon about... uh, why everyone's avoiding her and she confronts Charlie and says she'll take care of herself. This, you know, this is, this is the part of the plot. Like you said, that's just sort of trying to mirror the, uh, the flashback. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty, pretty good as it works off the flashback. I feel for Charlie in that moment. Like, uh, again, readers don't read into this, but, uh, getting a fresh chance with someone he cares about a lot. And botching it immediately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good shit, Charlie. Just uh, yeah. keep, keep being yourself, man. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. then we get, I'm not sure if it's a full dad's council, uh, but uh, Jack brings up that, hey, I've got these guns. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what we, what we use this time to make sure yep. this doesn't happen again. He shows him the lock. Charlie demands to come, and Locke just dismisses him with the sentence, "You ever fired a weapon, Charlie?" <laughs> <laughs> well, they have that. They they have that line. The chances of us shooting each other are much higher than us shooting him. And like that, in the like canned lib responses to like we need hero shooters arguments back then it was, around two thousand five, yeah. you know. So I don't think it was about the hero shooters, but I remember hearing it used all the time as the canned lib response for like having a gun for personal defense. Yeah. That, okay. Like if you, if you, if you have a gun in your house, you're more likely to accidentally shoot someone in it than to shoot an intruder. Yeah. Um, which is probably fucking true. <laughs> um, oh, oh, no, it's, it's clearly true, but yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that that is probably something that like, a liberal Hollywood writer in two thousand. I don't just mean Jew. Um, a <laughs> liberal, a liberal Hollywood writer. Joe parentheses Hollywood writer would like think of as a line in two thousand five. I think that's a good a good callback. But yeah, despite saying I'm not putting guns in untrained hands, don't they? They walk away. They walk away from that scene. Uh, I don't. I don't know if Charlie. Uh, if uh, Jack has already dismissed uh, Kate's uh, request to uh, be one of the people who's armed yet. No. So that comes, that comes after that's when he goes and gives the gun to Sawyer. Yeah. Well, it, it, it just, it's so remarkable that his uh, Kate hangups are extending into this moment. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's truly wild. All, always a good uh, time when, uh, we're trying to get some shit from from Sawyer. Uh, yeah, I almost forgot he had a gun. Yeah, he had the gun from uh, 
from the marshal, and he brings up that uh, he goes, "You remember him?" And Jack's like, "Yeah, I remember you shot him and missed." It's yeah. a very sort of like almost like vaudeville exchange between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, then fun scene out in the jungle. Of course, it starts raining, so where everyone's mucking around, it's slipping and sliding, <laughs> real dirty. Down, um, in, down in the mood. And, uh, you know, eventually Jack has a very extended fight with Ethan. It, it didn't seem like it needed to keep going that long. Like, I was starting to think of, you know, like uh, the fight scene in They Live. Or, uh, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was just, just going to keep going. But uh, eventually it does end, and we get the great, uh, the great moment of Sawyer pointing the gun at Ethan's face. And, uh, nah, Jungle Boy. <laughs> yeah oh my god it's just every single line is gold but uh yeah i yeah. i almost i almost forgot that uh jack had that thing where when he was beating someone he really really likes to just keep going uh, yeah yeah uh but holy shit yeah was so frustrated that charlie kills him man yep, charlie I, he clearly followed them grabs the gun and shoots him yeah what a bummer <laughs> you yeah know, it, it, it was nice to have an embodied villain it was nice to hope that uh that we might get uh we might learn more from him but uh no yeah den- denied that privilege yeah pretty pretty good uh good uh bait and switch where they make you think you're gonna get answers pretty soon and then just very quickly bam dead <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and as as far as uh, heaping more uh, shit on Charlie as fuck up, uh, you know, shooting someone, uh, just just killing someone, that's uh, that's gonna be a fun new thing for for Charlie to deal with. So, nice. yeah. even though, yeah, again, smooth over pretty quick. Uh, I remember the peanut butter. Uh, yeah, Claire, Claire, Claire is touched by this murder uh, to protect her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, good shit. There was this funny line, this line I laughed out loud at with uh, Charlie and I can only call her the Moose because I don't remember her name. <laughs> Do you remember uh, her name? Lucy. Lucy, I believe, was her name. Where he's uh, he's kind of got it together enough in that moment where he's rehearsing what he's going to say. And he's like... yeah. The copy center's leading scan offerings combine document capture with instant delivery anywhere, anytime. And she goes, anywhere? <laughs> and he just goes, anytime, baby. Just like <laughs> really hammy, really hammy. Yeah. Great. Uh, so, you know, Dominic Monaghan, always a pleasure. Yeah. So that's it for Homecoming. Next week, we'll be talking about the episode uh, Outlaws, Sawyer episode. Uh, it's a pretty good one. Nothing super special, but I think you'll like it. It's it's Sawyer, so always a good time. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, moving moving along at a sprightly pace toward uh, the end of the first season. Hell I'm yeah, still, we're almost. I'm, I'm I was I was hoping we might get that that death you promised me uh, in this app, and I guess we technically we got eight. Uh, that's that's you'll you'll know when yeah yeah when yeah, it's the I'm, real death i'm sure i'll know when it when it's when it's happening but uh, you'll know when yeah. it's happening we're we're getting close though um and yeah i'm really looking forward to to get into the end of this season and uh to see for you to see what the show uh pretty quickly becomes so um yeah if you like it listeners uh let us know tell people rate us subscribe i don't know do whatever the fuck you want 
Yeah, anything um, at all. And we will talk to you next week.